Welcome everyone to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about a pop culture period piece. I give it our scientific rating and uh, chit chat and be friends. You said we couldn't be friends until after we're done recording. <laughs> I meant like, I meant like, <laughs> not, not public facing friends, but you know, talk about private friends. Private. <laughs> Julie and I are private friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have so many, I have so many private friends. Uh, but anyway, Julie, what's your recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh my god i think i forget our format every single time well i change it every single time where i'm like i don't know yeah i know rules julie <laughs> i my my recommendation <laughs> um this is like more of a philosophical thing so i <laughs> hear me out i went out of town for like mm. 24 hours Mm-hmm. I think in the 24 hours I was out of town and like busy and not accessible by like text or Facebook or whatever, this like lens thing exploded. Oh yeah, dude. And <laughs> so I missed like it being popular and it being like joyful. And like I have come into the world in the moment that it's like, you know, there's like the bitter people making fun of people for it and the people saying the Russians have your stuff now. And I'm just like, wow, when when you watch it in real time, you don't see how silly and quickly these things escalate. But then when you're like when I have the benefit of hindsight, I'm like, oh, guys, just let people enjoy the thing. But yeah, I it's so funny because it feels like <laughs> for those of you who don't know. The lens of thing is like where it takes your face and it puts in a whole bunch of different whatever. Um, it costs eight dollars, so Julie and I are never gonna do it. <laughs> if I know Julie and myself at our current stance on money, this uh, is fair. I, I did not know it cost eight dollars, but that probably $8. means that if it's not free, that probably means that the Russians aren't stealing people's faces. Yeah, well, and also like none of our faces are that exciting. <laughs> just throwing speak that out there for yourself oh i do i speak for myself my face is not that exciting. the amount of people that come up to me and they're like have i met you before or you look just like my friend and i was like i i just look like a, a white red-headed girl like there's not like i don't look like your friend at all mm-hmm. <laughs> no. just you you see white skin and a red hair and you're like oh you look like my-. no i don't but all right but my face is boring and that's okay um but it feels like when you don't uh, actively participate in something like that, that like, like you're taking a stand on like, well, I'm not doing it. And it's right. like, it's like, I'm not, I just, I really don't want to spend $8 for a profile pic. Like I have no thoughts either way. Like for the people who do it amazing, you know, cause I've spent a lot more money to get my picture taken in a lot of other ways. Um, but it's just interesting how I've like, sh- should I respond to this? Should I like respond to this trend? Or should I, like, I think there's this constant need for, can I, oh, sorry. I'm, we're going to get deep for a second. So uh, Anna, uh, who's a good friend of both of ours, she was talking about how every time I come to visit, I don't have, like, I have a 
an Instagram presence, but I don't have like a, here's what's happening in my life presence. And Mm -hmm. so we had, and neither does she. So we have to have these like long conversations, but she talks about how like there are certain friends that you and I both know, and I could name names, but you probably know who they are that she's like, I literally know everything that's happening with them every second of the day. Yes. And exactly how they're feeling. And they're like, Mm -hmm. and there's this and their opinion on every issue. And yeah, there's just this need to like, I don't know. It's just very interesting to respond and be like, this is my stance on the AI art that we're putting our faces on. And it's like, I don't have a stance. I just don't want to spend it. But money. also like conversely, mm-hmm. um, as you all know, we pre-recorded, but like conversely, we have Kanye West tweeting swastikas. Yeah. And like, where is the outrage in my Facebook feed? Yeah. For like that behavior. Where is the people acknowledging like, this is not good. Like, absolutely not. Well, it's that whole, what's that stupid song? Where it's like, it's not stupid. But it's like, (laughs) you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Um, But it's like, no, you don't have to stand for something. You have to stand for the things that matter. And I think like the Hamilton lyric that no no okay because it sounded vaguely like the if you stand for nothing then what do you fall for no it's a country song from the oh oh then i absolutely uh if i am outraged on this tiny small issue then i look validated i get i don't know it's just it's interesting i would love to be a psychologist or sociologist 200 years from now talking Mm -hmm. about this Mm -hmm. moment in time because i think it's our generation (laughs) and the generation above us and i think gen z doesn't give a fuck anymore I recommend, <laughs> uh, this is more philosophical, um, but it's the sexy at every angle. I'm probably getting too deep, but I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, whenever you, I don't know, just letting, letting people in. Cause I'm in like a newish thing. Well, it's not new. It's pretty old, but I did not feel sexy at every angle, but someone else finds me sexy at every angle. And it's very nice. And someone who tells you and that's all i'm gonna say about that Mm. i was gonna recommend so but anyway it was just yeah it's just nice to have someone not that you want people around your in your world that compliment you all the time but i think you need people in your space that hype you up when it is justified yes and if you do not have friends and loved ones that hype you up when it is justified and give you compliments when you like you need to find other people um, yeah. do you know the Give Me Compliments song? Mm-hmm. There's this band. Mm-hmm. I don't don't ask me how Mike found this song. I, I couldn't tell you how he finds half the things he becomes obsessed with. <laughs> there is this German, I think it's like German or Scandinavian band, and the song is literally called Give Me Compliments. Oh. And it's like <laughs> taking out the trash. Give me compliments. I said give me compliments. It's, I will find this. Okay. I, I love I it. Write a reminder to myself to post this when we post this episode. I, yeah. And I don't think that, you know, you want compliments on Joe, but I feel life's hard. And so I just want people in my world that like, I don't know, are like, good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hype you up. If you post an Instagram story and you don't have one friend being like, you are so cute in those overalls, like I do with Julie all the time because she is, <laughs> uh, you need those people. But anyway. 
Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the Deep Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. Yes. What movie are we talking about today? We are talking about Downton Abbey, A New Era, mm-hmm. which is the sequel to the initial movie, which came out after the full series had ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to give a summary? I do. Um, the goose is not very helpful, but <laughs> the Crawley family goes oh. on a grand journey to south of France to uncover the mystery of the Dowager Countess's newly inherited villa. Let, let me just do my own because no. <laughs> um, so basically, um, in this movie, someone has it starts. Someone has died, and in doing so. Uh, the dowager grandmama, uh, she inherits a villain in the south of France. Conversely, the uh, the ab- the Downton Abbey is, of course, in need of money because it's very big, and that way of life is going out the door. Uh, so they accept the um, the offer, I suppose you could say, of a film crew to, to film the movie there. Mm. So Laura. <laughs> Yes. The first thing I want to say is you have never seen any Downton Abbey, any Downton Abbey no. which is actually surprising to me. But surprises everyone. I'm full. I'm full of surprises, Julie. <laughs> truly. Um, and I also did not know this until after you had watched the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very curious about your experience because there's there's a lot in this movie that with no context has got to be out there well for okay let me i'm gonna go on a diatribe julie about this movie because first off let's talk about my april <laughs> so like april of this year april 1st i got laid off right oh for my job i had for april for april fool's day i got laid off from a job i've had for six years then six days later i was denied my phd then Five days after that, my grandmother died. And then Julie has the audacity to have me watch a movie where I don't know anyone, except I know there's a grandma, and she dies. Okay. (laughs) Heard. However, it is December. I know. (laughs) Um, It was a a hard month. Um, No, so... And also, I assumed that you had seen Downton Abbey because I don't understand how there was a period drama that used to be on PBS. That's how it that's how it premiered in the US. You had to watch it on PBS. Yeah. I'm just it I I can't fathom that you did not watch this show. Because my mom and my sister like it and like anything they like I do not. I like <laughs> not watch. So like Outlander, haven't seen it. And I've been to like all of the places they go in Outlander and have filmed. So um here's my here's my question about Downton Abbey, because this was the vibe I got. Is that there are two things that I just want to know if it happens throughout the entire show. One, is it basically like the office where like they're always going out of business and so they have to figure out a new way 
to make money no okay and then second <laughs> is there are always like six or seven lines of dialogue and then the music swells and then they oh, change scenes absolutely okay all right da, 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 da. yeah uh, that yes absolutely okay because that was the first thing I noticed is that they would like talk like six or seven lines of dialogue and then music would swell and then they change scenes. And as someone who I don't know anyone as we get into this, I don't know anyone's name in this show. So you have to be like the cook one or the married one. Mrs. Padma is the cook. Okay, cool. Let's see, I don't know. Because they didn't introduce anyone. Do you know what show movie does a great job at introducing people, the first and the second one and giving you like a little uh-huh sex in the city both of those movies do a great job of like and i say that because i've taken different boyfriends that i've had at different times that have never watched sex in the city and they're like oh i understood what was going on this i'm, I'm truly sorry <laughs> <laughs> downton abbey a new era uh-huh did not live up to the structural choices of sex in the city movies one and two I, I mean, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Although to be fair, Sex in the City has a first-person voiceover, and that's part yeah. of her thing. And she writes books, thing. and that's the narrative device, so that's easier. But so here's what I'll say about this, um, mm -hmm. because I, I don't know how someone could enjoy this if they don't know the show, frankly. Um, so I'm curious if you enjoyed any of it. Um, but so the, the series starts mm -hmm. the day after the Titanic sinks. Oh, all right. Um, it starts with them getting a telegram, telegraph rather. Okay. That the Titanic has sunk and the heir to the house who isn't a member of the family. He's somebody else, but a man, because of course there's three daughters. Yes. The heir to the house has died on the Titanic. Oh, okay. So at first, there's sort of like the, oh, will it go to the daughters type uh -huh. of thing. It turns out it does not. Um, it goes to Matthew Crawley. Okay. Who is played by, uh, he played the Beast in the Beauty and the Beast movie. Mike loves him. I, oh, okay. I can't remember his name. Got it. So... Um, I'm picture the beast and not him in human form. Yeah. So he inherits the house. He he comes down down to Abbey, and it's it's very interesting in terms of like the family not wanting him there and and feeling entitled to the house. So it it parallels the villa in a sense. Okay. Um, and there's also in that first season, there's a lot of things that the show sort of like circles back to and references because now we're what like 19 20 like 18 years later or something yeah. wild um so um the butler uh-huh um barrels uh, barrels baron i can't even remember his name oh okay um in in the first season mm -hmm. it's it's established very quickly um that he is queer and in the first season, there's a moment that he has with one of the guests that is staying at their house where it very much feels like they are sort of propositioning him and, and sort of giving him that messaging. Okay. 
he interprets that way and it turns out he misinterprets um and and his art barrows his mm -hmm. arc on the show is really one of the most beautiful arcs because this is someone that you know in their personal life is dealing with a lot but also in that structure of you know the upstairs downstairs is really trying to move up in the system mm -hmm. um and he sort of has like a, a house lady that's like really conniving and manipulative and has her under his thumb a little bit mm -hmm. so to see him in this movie having like found his place in the house mm -hmm. and have the relationship that he has with the other servants and then have that full circle moment with Dominic West's character mm -hmm. um, where we see like the opportunity where like he is going to have a level of personal happiness. To me, it felt like a lot of like parallels to the first season in order to like give us closure to the series. Mm. Like I, I don't think they can or should make another movie after this. Yeah, it definitely felt like a I was reading an epilogue. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like that's what the whole movie felt like I mean I enjoyed a few things I enjoyed the costuming um although this is actually my least favorite time period fun fact it's so unflattering I mean those are all beautiful people so of course yeah. they look great and but... like but I also hate velvet and it's just like so much velvet um oh God, I, think I wore velvet... a velvet dress last night you, last uh, night you would hate me no 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 I would I don't hate it on other people I hate it on me like the the feel of when it like rubs the wrong way is mm. i think with the grossest feeling in the world anyway uh <laughs> but so like the costuming was beautiful and then um i one of my biggest celebrity crushes is hugh darcy so oh yeah so i enjoyed him during all of it i i what did you think of the movie say like late is it lady mary mary crawley yeah like her the the sit i'm gonna call it the singing in the rain storyline because it was a singing in the rain storyline mm -hmm. what did you think of that in does that story structure fit into the other downton abbeys um i mean i think that the 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 movie crew there mm -hmm. was very weird but also like they made it like very feel very intentionally out of place the the whole movie because it it didn't fit the their world is changing mm -hmm. um and i'm so i'm so curious so spoilers mm -hmm. i don't know if you'll ever watch the show but spoilers her and matthew crawley end up falling beautifully in love it, the first three seasons just like this this character matthew crawley was the most lovely character everyone loved him and they literally killed him off like the day after the day that her no, son was like you see mary give birth to their child mm -hmm. and then he's driving in the car there's like 20 seconds left in the episode and you think it's gonna be this beautiful just him driving off he's a father now he's happy mm-hmm and then the car crash happens and that was the end of that season but then he goes and makes beauty and the beast yeah so like he he had asked to be written off the show but they like they, they like chandra rhymes him they're like oh you want off you're off um 
and I I don't think that they captured that relationship again. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that plays her husband now, it was like, okay, you're serviceable. But it, it was not a great love story. And I think they even sort of like presented it that way in the show when they got mm-hmm. together. It was like, yep, this this works. <laughs> it was sort of like the messaging. I mean, there's um, something beautiful in that, that like you, especially at this time period, like that she doesn't have to have two great love stories. She she can have one mm-hmm. and then have a a good husband too, you know? Yeah, and I think that it's very in her personality, mm-hmm. the way that she rejected him and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because her character has always sort of been one that has been more focused on the societal expectations and like her role in continuing the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's interesting because each of the daughters sort of bucked tradition in their own way. Mm-hmm. So hers is, you know, very much taking on a man's role mm-hmm. um, and accepting the fact that like she doesn't need a great love story because she already had one. Yeah. And um edith's is that you know she is a writer she is she's in a profession that you know doesn't necessarily fit her her sex her gender at this time and then sybil who (sighs) killed her off too they kill them all okay i was i i wondered because i was like i feel like i only saw two daughters and you're like there are three and i was like what (laughs) so sybil beautiful wonderful sybil Uh um she was the daughter that didn't care about society. She didn't care about someone's place. So she fell in love with Branson, mm-hmm. who at the time was the mechanic for the estate. Mm. Yeah. So she they fell in love um, and she died in childbirth. Mm. So a lot of the series from that point on, mm. in terms of his plot, was the fact that like, he was now in a very like he was part of the family mm-hmm. he had sybil's daughter little sybil mm-hmm. um but he was living in the house that he used to work yeah footman i think technically um and so again sort of like this new era is very much sort of closing the loop on that because we finally see him feel like he belongs in the family but not by giving up things that are important to him. Like he has that talk about like, okay, if we're going to have this villa, what, what can we do with it to like give back? Mm-hmm. I, um, the one scene that I liked going like, okay, this is obviously like, we are, we are closing up some chapters, you know, check, 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 check is what it felt like from an outsider perspective. Um, but I did like the fact that one of the final scenes is all of the servants being in very mm-hmm. fancy dress at the table and kind of showing that like this way of life is no, it's, it's going to get flipped real quick. Yeah. And I thought that was really nice symbolism. And that like that sort of messaging that the the times are changing in that sense like that mm-hmm. going back to what you asked about like is it always like the office where the the downtown abbey might close not necessarily that but mm-hmm. it is the entire show takes place during a time period where that way of life mm-hmm. and that social and financial structure is changing yeah hmm. interesting 
I also did like, even though I, I don't know, I, I like, I go back and forth on if I liked the singing and the singing in the rain plotline, but I did like the fact that that um, actress was the same class as the servants and that mm-hmm. and how like with media people could climb yeah. um climb the ladder so anything else and i also oh god oh i was gonna say that same plot line i i liked that it was like they didn't um pygmalion it they didn't my fair lady it oh they, yeah turns out it's easier to teach her an american accent yeah <laughs> Uh, we're fun (laughs) uh so anything else julie before we rate uh no one out of ten leaky holes in the ceiling (laughs) what do you give this movie um i give it i give it a six no sorry no no i give it a seven oh I gave it a seven. I thought it was a really great closure to the series. Now, if they make another one, I'm going to be like, no, you had the closure. Yeah. I don't well, want I more. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four because, for like, honestly, don't know anyone's name. So, like, take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but I, like, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't watch it again, but I wasn't I like, Ugh. no, I would be curious for you to see the the series, though. Yeah, I just I I don't know. Um, I there are a few times in my life that I've seen Mike be like really impacted by something, mm-hmm. and them killing off that character. Oh, like he he never got over it. Yeah, like it really broke him. Like he was just so upset that they did that to him personally. He's crying about it right now. He pr- well, no, he's still in bed. He's very hungover. Oh, okay good for him. <laughs> um he won't make it to the end of the episode to yell at me about this <laughs> <laughs> um so julie what do you have to look forward to so um as you all know i work at a theme park in orlando among mm-hmm. other things um and this unnamed theme park is getting ready to open an escape room mm-hmm and um they're doing employee previews right now so i get to try it for free today if it's amazing i have to do it when i come down there because i love yeah. rooms so much so that's what i'm doing and i'm very excited oh that's awesome uh there is a nerd bar in pittsburgh um <gasps> it's called harold's haunt and it's right next to a metaphysical store so like just like uh, <laughs> it's everything i want um but they do i don't really drink that much anymore and um i have friends who don't drink at all and they have sober sundays so we're gonna go for sober sunday where they make all of their drinks or mocktails and um but they're still all nerd themed and critical role plays on the tvs in the background so Uh, oh sounds so wonderful yeah so it's it's silly and fun and the perfect sunday (laughs) speaking of the perfect sunday um (laughs) We hope you're having a perfect Sunday and thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, buy our merch. Uh, we're going to come out hopefully soon with the wearing cotton and kicking ass shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.
The Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.